Today's episode of Locked On Longhorns is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is reshaping the way that you play fantasy sports. Dozens of house-based games to play daily. No sharks, no funky props, just your skill versus the lineups you choose. Sign up today at stathero.com slash locked on. On today's episode of Locked On Longhorns, we're coming to you with the six spring practice updates on the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. Per usual on Friday's episode, I told you that Samaje Burrow would be committing this weekend. He did, in fact, commit this weekend. So we tell you a little bit more about your future inside linebacker at the 40 Acres. You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Saving the spill today. Y'all know who it is, Jonathan Davis. Y'all know what it is, Locked On Longhorns. So I went to the Texas baseball game on Saturday. They lost 4-2 to two to Oklahoma the night after dominating them 7-1. to one. So I've been to two Texas baseball games this year, one in Houston at the Shriners Classic. They were 11-0 going into the UCLA game. They lost that game. Tanner Wick got scratched. We found out he was out for the season. And then I attend the Texas OU game the night after they dominate seven to one and they lose four to two to Oklahoma. And so I'm not sure if I'm a bad luck charm or what, but I have enough self-awareness to know something is going on. So Longhorn nation for the success of this baseball team, I will no longer attend any baseball games this year to ensure that they make it to Omaha for their seventh college world series championship going into the sixth spring practice update some really good things coming out on the offensive side and the defensive side of the ball starting with the quarterback position like we always do really good day from hudson card and quinn ewers both quarterbacks showcased their nfl caliber arm talent it was described as in the run game the defense had a better day but when it came to the passing game the quarterbacks and the offense won they were really Sharp, And I think outside of just the NFL caliber freaky arm talent that we know that they both have, Quinn Ewers probably a little more than Hudson Card. I think they showed great accuracy, um, timing, and anticipation as well. So just getting more comfortable, looking really good at the quarterback position, both making some noise in this quarterback competition. Now, the mullet can move, right? Uh Quinn Ewers did have uh, a rushing touchdown when the offense went against the defense. So it's good to see some dual threat ability from him. Once again, the, the mullet moving a little bit. I know that Quinn Ewers did throw a pick six to Deshaun Jameson. Now there's conflicting reports on whether the receiver fell down or not. So I wouldn't read too much into that. Um, Deshaun Jameson, which we'll talk about a little bit later, was described as having an up and down day. Um, and so, you know, just sometimes that happens. You know, the receiver falls down, the DB gets an easy pick, and I'm not sure if that was Quinn Ewers' fault or not. But from everything coming out, it looks like Quinn Ewers and Hudson Carr both had really good days, which is great to hear from the quarterbacks. So one phrase we hear a lot between receivers and DBs is if it's even, he's leaving. And what that kind of refers to is if the wide receiver is even with the DB, the quarterback should just go ahead and throw the ball up because one, the receiver is going to know the ball is coming and he'll be able to separate and get the ball, you know, over the DB who's kind of playing off the instincts of the wide receiver. So I'm going to use that phrase, but kind of compare it to this quarterback competition. I think if it's even Quinn's leaving, 
right? So we know that Hudson Card has came in with the advantage. He's been in the system two years now. He spent more time on campus at the University of Texas. He spent more time, um, you know, in Austin, at least in, in the college time. Um, and so, you know, he's more comfortable, more comfortable with the playbook, just more comfortable with his teammates um, and kind of has a better understanding of, of what Sark wants to accomplish uh, with his concepts and, and everything in this offense. And we know it's a tough offense to learn. So naturally, you're going to hear about Hudson Card looking a little more polished and efficient in these practices, especially uh, with Quinn Ewers kind of gunslinger nature and him thinking that he can make every throw. But with that being said, if Hudson Card has that natural advantage and we're coming out of practice and saying, well, Quinn Ewers and Hudson Card both looked really good and you can't really decipher um, if one took a bigger step than the other. Right. So you would think that coming out of these practices, you should hear that Hudson Card had a significantly better day than Quinn Ewers giving the natural advantage he already has. But if we're coming out of practices and we're hearing both quarterbacks looked really good and it's hard to tell who had a better day, then I think Quinn Ewers has the advantage because he has so much more room to grow as he becomes more comfortable in the system, as he becomes more comfortable with his teammates, as he's able to showcase more of a leadership role once he gets comfortable with knowing the offense and understanding everything that Sark wants to do. So I'm telling you, I think that if it's even and Hudson Carr just doesn't blow Quinn Ewers out of the water, that Quinn Ewers is leaving and he will be the starting quarterback for your Texas Longhorns in the fall. Going to the running back position, they said B. John Robinson had a light day. So Roshan Johnson got a lot of the work. We know that Jonathan Brooks, prayers up to him. He's dealing with a death in the family. Uh, so B. John had a light day. And uh, Keelan Robinson uh, was described as, you know, catching a lot of passes out of the backfield uh, when the quarterbacks were going against the defense. So, you know, look for them to utilize him uh, in the passing game. We know that Jaden Blue has been a superstar in spring practices um, so far. So that's from the running back front on the wide receiver front. Isaiah Nair continues um, to dominate and he probably was the superstar on the offensive side of the ball uh, from everything I'm seeing, from everything I'm reading. We know that um, just he has a really good frame and they kind of described his frame as different from everybody on the football teams. But just his ability, um, Xavier Worthy talked about this in his press conference, his ability to go up and attack the ball and to get jump balls, I think, is what kind of separates him from every other receiver on this roster right now. But I think what is lost is when you're so good at something, I think people kind of tag you with that and they forget about all the other things that you're able to do. So because he's so good at the 50-50 balls, we key in on that and forget that he was a track star in high school. So I think outside of that, he has the ability to outrun DBs um, down the field. So he's just a, you know, a superstar in the making, I think. And we already know what Sark was able to do with Xavier Worthy, even when defenses knew that all they had to really stop was Xavier Worthy at times last year. You bring in a bona fide number two, and at this point it's looking like a 1A, 1B. Uh, situation with Isaiah Nair, it's really going to open up everything um, for Xavier Worthy. And speaking of opening up things for the other receivers, Jordan Winnington had a really good day as well. And his ability to win one-on-one -on -one matchups in the inside does so much for this offense. So they talked about, um, one, they talked about just his frame. Um, he's slimmed down, but he's still powerful. And a lot of people have talked about how they really noticed that. But it's his ability to win matchups on the inside, um, you know, catch, you know, short to intermediate passes over the middle and then turn those into long games. So one thing that came out of Saturday's practice was his ability to get yak that yards after catch. And that's really going to threaten um, just the inside of your defense. You're going to have to, you know, 
what's the word I'm looking for, allocate more resources to the inside of the defense when you have threats at the tight end position like Jaleel Billingsley and JT Sanders, who we'll get to in a little bit, and then Jordan Whittington being able to dominate over the middle of the field. You have to take away resources from your outside with Xavier Worthy and Isaiah Nair. And the last thing you want to do is consistently show them one-on-one matchups on the outside. So um, Sark has so many weapons to play with at the wide receiver position, and I think if they can continue to you know, just improve and showcase that confidence when they really get into the football season, it's going to be a nightmare for defenses to figure out who they want to take away in the best way uh, to try to stop somebody on the on the offense. Because if Sark is on a roll, um, calling plays with all the weapons that he has, somebody's always going to be open. And we know that he's going to do a really good job of exploiting uh, the matchups, exploiting defenses and really just giving them hell all season. So I'm loving what I'm hearing coming out of spring practices in that regard. I thought it was funny that um, Jordan Whittington, you know, talked about how his regimen has got a lot better. But he talked about how Saturday uh, is his cheat day. And, and so he eats a pint of ice cream every Saturday. I'm kind of interested to know what flavor it is. If it was me, it'd be butter pecan. He might not be a butter pecan guy. So we'll see. Hopefully somebody gets to ask him or I get to ask him that question in the future. They asked Xavier Worthy. Um, about how uh, what his cheat day was. He said it was Saturday as well, and his cheat meal was Sonic. And, and he goes to Sonic and gets a large slushy and some mozzarella sticks. So I knew we had something in common. I love the mozzarella sticks at Sonic. So, Xavier, great answer. I'm with you there. We've talked about how Casey Kane is emerging um, as the wide receiver for a lot of people talked about. He had a crazy one-handed catch uh, from Quinn Ewers at practice uh, that had everybody, you know, coaches, players, recruits, high school coaches, the media, um, everybody kind of dropping their jaw. And Xavier Worthy mentioned that again at his press conference as well. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that he's really emerging at that wide receiver's four spot. And what I would be interested to see is, how they would look in some spread looks, you know, some empty sets with no running back. If you just had Xavier Worthy, Isaiah Nair, Jordan Whittington, um, Casey Kane, and then either Jaleel Billingsley or JT Sanders and just kind of let Hudson Carter, Quinn Ewers go out there and play like a seven on seven type of ball. Not all the time, obviously, but just, you know, for a few plays and how that would really um, attack defenses. I think that's something that they can do a lot this year with the playmakers that they have on offense. So we know that in the screen game, we saw, you know, obviously that's something that Sark likes to do. We saw Xavier Worthy on the first play of the Oklahoma game take that screen to the house. We know that running back screens are a big part of every offense. But something that we don't see a lot or we see very sparingly is tight end screens. And that's something that they really utilized in Saturday's practice, especially with JT Sanders. So they ran the tight end screen to him a lot, um, which they got a lot of production out of. So look for that to be something they incorporate. This season, they also utilized him down the field. And JT Sanders just continues to have a really impressive spring on Jaleel Billingsley. Um, so JT Sanders got first team reps. Jaleel Billingsley as well. Um, he had a good practice. They said that he caught a touchdown um, on a wheel route over J.D. Coffee, who has also uh, had a really good spring so far. So good things coming from the offensive side. I don't have much on the offensive line for you um, in this video, but if some more comes out, I'll be make sure to definitely update you on that on the next spring practice updates after Tuesday. Coming up next, we talk about what's going on on the defensive side of the ball. And then later on, we get into the newest Texas Longhorn commit, Samaje Burrell. Stat Heroes NCAA single game pickums pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Take control back from those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage. Start focusing on the players you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. 
Stat Hero gives you the advantage, resulting in their gamers winning four times more often. Why? Because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who or what you are going up against. In addition to their pick'em games, they also have dozens of lineups you can comb through to take on head-to-head. Stat Hero is the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fixed. This is what Daily Fantasy was meant to be. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on, promo code locked on. Terms and conditions apply. So, one thing I forgot to mention, I said that it was a light day for B. John Robinson. It also was a light day for Xavier Worthy. Uh, some people said they saw him in a walking boot, but they were assured that it was just precautionary. Nothing was really going on and that he's healthy. So, if they're saying don't read anything to it, then I'm going to tell you um, not to read anything to it. So it looks like Xavier Worthy is fine. Nothing came up about it in the press conference. So everything should be good with the freshman All-American Xavier Worthy. So on the defensive side, once again, we talked about how it was described as in the run game, the defense looked better than the offense, particularly maybe because Bichon wasn't in there. But when it came to the pass defense, the offense kind of won the day on that regard. And that's kind of something that's been coming out of the practices that the defense has looked good in the run game, but they're not where they want to be yet in um, their pass rush. But, you know, some reinforcements are coming, um, hopefully in the transfer portal and then with some more recruits from this 2022 class. So as far as the standouts on the defensive side, those were listed as Alfred Collins, uh, OV at Edge, Baron Sorrell, Agent Zero, Jalen Ford and Byron Murphy is having the best days at Saturday's sixth spring practice. When asked about who was kind of the the new enrollees that looked really good, two names were mentioned. Terrence Brooks at the corner position, who we've talked a lot about, you know that he's having a really good spring. But one name we haven't heard much about yet, Jare Bledsoe, the four-star defensive lineman. He was described as being really impressive and having a good day. So look for some more to come out from Jare Bledsoe and him potentially to crack, you know, that defensive line edge rotation moving forward and hopefully um, get some valuable playing time this season. Now, they talked about if there was one defensive MVP from the day, it would be Alfred Collins. And that kind of matches up with what we've heard about uh, them in the run game and them winning the day as far as the run game. And we know that Alfred Collins has all the talent in the world. The issue has been the consistency. But it looks like at least on Saturday's practice, he was able to couple that talent with the consistently consistency and consistently <laughs> continue to disrupt uh, the offense in their run game. So hopefully he can continue that and that can springboard him um, into the season and he could show that talent on the defensive line. And, and the team has said that they believe he may be the most talented uh, defensive lineman. But without consistency, none of that really matters um they talked about how agent zero um has looked good he's gaining a little bit of weight and his ability to consistently uh cover in space is still showing up so um agent zero uh, hearing some good things about him they talked about jalen ford we know that david benda and jalen ford have had really good springs at the linebacker position but outside of his play on the field he was mentioned as one of the defensive standouts but outside of his play on the field jalen ford was also mentioned as taking a huge um, leadership role and players are really responding to it and so it's one thing to you know come out and uh, just try to be a leader but it's another thing if if players are galvanizing behind that and responding to it and so it looks like players are um, you know, taking heed uh, to what Jalen Ford is saying and really embracing him as a leader um, in his time at the middle linebacker spot. And we know that, you know, Luke Rockermeyer with him recovering 
uh, from the ACL injury. That's very important that the team sees Jalen Ford as their middle linebacker and, and somebody that they can uh, listen to to, you know, give out the plays or, you know, just kind of give guidance when need be. So Jade Barron uh, continues to be one of the superstars on this team. In spring practices, they talked about him having a really good day. If you listen to the press conference with Anthony Cook, Roshan Johnson, and Xavier Worthy, Anthony Cook talked about how Jade Barron is going to have a breakout season, and that's kind of what everybody has been saying. We talked about on the last spring practice updates how he's starting to separate himself from a lot of players, um, you know, really at that nickel star position, but just period on the defense, the way that he's looking. Um, he's been a lot more vocal as well. Um, I forgot who it was, but somebody talked about how he'll even call out plays that don't have anything to do with him. Um, he's just really involved um, vocally, but also he just came into the spring with a different attitude, different mindset, and looks really good back there. So look for some big things for Jade Barron this season. I remember doing an episode where I think it was Longhorn's Wire uh, said that they would um, he would be a breakout candidate this year, and I kind of pushed back on that a little bit, so I apologize, I apologize, Jade. It looks like Longhorn's Wire was definitely correct, and we're looking for a big season from Jade Barron at that nickel star position or wherever they line him up at. Uh, Ryan Watts and Terrence Brooks were described as having a really good day. Deshaun Jameson, once again, I mentioned earlier, uh, they said he had an up and down day. And so we know that consistently what's been coming out of practices is Ryan Watts, Terrence Brooks and Jalen Gilbo have looked really, really good. And so I'm interested to see how they continue um, to rotate those matchups. I mean, rotate, um, you know, the playing time and practices uh, between, you know, Terrence Brooks, Deshaun Jameson, Jalen Gilbo and ryan watts but those are the four corners that are getting the majority of the reps right now and we talked about how i think you know the three in gilbo the three new players in, in gilbo terrence brooks and ryan watts have all looked better than deshaun jameson up until this point once again he was described on saturday's practice as being up and down so i would not be surprised i think ryan watts is locked up one of those outside corner positions but i think they're seriously looking at either terrence brooks or jalen gilbo getting that other outside corner position so Really interesting stuff to see how that shakes out. Of course, we still have a lot of time between the rest of the spring practices, the orange and white game and the summer up until the first game against Louisiana Monroe. So, um, you know, this kind of updates after each practice. But, you know, we'll see how that materializes going into the season. Schematically, something that they noticed out of the Saturday spring practice was a lot more disguising coverages. So disguising, disguising cover three and cover four coverages to, you know, kind of confuse the quarterback, but then going into man uh, once the play starts. And so I, I really like that. I, I think that's something that will shake up opposing offenses, of offensive coordinators and quarterbacks. If you give them, you know, cover three and cover four looks before the snap and then go into man coverage and, and make that quarterback kind of make, you know, uh, quicker decisions while also having to process something that they weren't able to process pre-snap. So some really good stuff there from Gary Patterson, Pete Kukowski and Terry Joseph coming up next giving you a little bit more information on your newest linebacker commit at the 40 acres, Samaj A. Burrow from North Crowley in Fort Worth. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championship odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. I should have listened to BetOnline and took North Carolina plus four in the amazing game against Duke and North Carolina. I did not do that, and therefore I did not win any money, but some really good college basketball games. I'm excited 
for the Monday night game between Kansas and North Carolina to see who wins the championship. It's going to be fireworks in New Orleans. All right, so Samaj Burrow, who once again we said on the podcast on Friday that he would commit this weekend. He was already locked into the Longhorns. It was just a matter of him announcing his decision. He did announce that decision on Saturday while I was at the baseball game. So congrats to Samaj, his family, and congrats to the Longhorns on securing a really good prospect. Now, 24-7 Sports has him listed as a three-star recruit on three has him listed as a four-star recruit, but none of that matters. What matters is, is that he has a five-star mindset. Samaje Burrow chose the University of Texas over Oklahoma, Ohio State, USC, and Florida. So he has some really good options. Once again, he had canceled his Ohio State visit to come back to Austin this weekend in which he had committed. In his junior season at Crowley, he had 104 tackles, 13 tackles for loss, five sacks, and four forced fumbles. So clearly he is a playmaker. Some of his strengths has been described by some recruiting experts, a really good change of direction, ability to hock down the ball once he diagnoses the play, great block shedder, doesn't get caught up on offensive linemen, and has some coverage ability, namely in zone, but shows a proficiency in man-to-man coverage as well. And of course, he's only a junior going into his senior season at Crowley in high school. So he's only going to continue to get better and improve by the time he actually comes on campus at the 40 acres. So a really good get for the Texas Longhorns defense. Um, and Pete Kukowski got an area of need at the inside linebacker position. Um, just gives you some security going into next year, knowing that you're added a really talented playmaker at a unit that doesn't have a lot of depth right now. So once again, just congrats to Samaje and his family and congrats to the Longhorns on securing a really good prospect in Samaje Burrow, inside linebacker from North Cali, North Crowley in Fort Worth. So right now, the Texas recruiting class commit uh, consists of, for 2023, three defensive prospects, the safety, Jamel Johnson, the uh, four-star defensive lineman, Dylan Spencer out of Houston, and now Samaje Burroughs. So we have three commits. We're working a little slower than some other schools, but I think they've been very strategic in how they're doing things. I think also, um, you know, kind of with the Arch Manning, uh, you know, just sweepstakes and saga uh, hanging over all of these schools heads. I think a lot of uh, prospects are, are probably waiting a little bit to see how that shakes out before they commit. So although Texas only has three commits right now, I think they're still in really good shape. I think recruits are taking notice um, on the new energy, kind of the new passion um, and just what they're doing, what they're building um, in Sark's second year at the University of Texas. And I think UT is one of the hottest schools right now um, that commits are looking at. They're bringing in a lot of talented prospects from all over the nation and everybody's kind of noticing uh, what Sark is bringing to the table right now. So good for them. This recruiting class is ranked 32nd nationally right now, but of course it's really early and that means absolutely nothing it will be top five when it's all said and done or at least i'm hoping it will be thank you for tuning in to another edition of locked on longhorns your daily number one source for all things texas athletics part of the locked on podcast network your team every day i'll be back to bother y'all on tuesday after the seventh spring practice longhorn nation peace